You're listening to the Oz TV podcast only on the Oz Network. And welcome back to the Oz Network. We're here for week six of Survivor New Zealand, episodes 11 and 12. And boy, things have gotten interesting, so it's great to be here to be able to talk about this with all of you guys. Looking forward to this conversation. I'm Nick, and I'm here in my best loincloth, um, along with my immunity challenge necklace uh, ensemble that I've got going on here. Um, and I'm joined by Perez once again. Perez, how you going? I'm good. I'm with my um, eight-month-old cousin trying to make a better immunity necklace <laughs> <laughs> i was wondering where that was uh, going for a minute there um but no it's it's good to be back here it feels like it's suddenly it feels like we've transitioned from like we're into the home straight i'm not quite sure how it happened but it suddenly feels like i'm not quite sure how that happened as quickly as it did did it kind of like just shock you that we suddenly like feel like we're talking end game like all of a sudden not not end game but i think it, it uh sort of surprised me the direction it's sort of, oh, not the direction, but the speed with which it happened, I would say was a little bit surprising. Yeah, it's, um, you know, to me, it's it's kind of quite funny that we've transitioned suddenly into this big kind of individual game and everybody's making a play for the end. And I think we can talk a little bit more about that as we go along. But I think probably we want to get into the, the headlines because this has been a big episode. And um, as always, as we say with those things, it's uh, spoiler heavy. We don't try and hide anything. We go straight into the, the big gory details. And um, obviously our, our big takeaway story that we've got um, for this week is that Sal has been blindsided along with uh, Avi and and uh, Shay, who didn't see that one coming. Um, and obviously we've also had uh, Mike get voted out in these two episodes. Uh, he's gone to Redemption Island and kicked Lee out, who is now a first member of the jury. So that's kind of all, all where we're sitting here. And um, I think probably, one, you know, I, I don't like to kind of go in chronological order. I like to just talk about things as, as they seem like the appropriate thing to be talking about. And, um, you know, there's absolutely no doubt to me that uh, the big thing we need to be talking about uh, is the, the Sala boot. I mean, you'd be in agreement with that, I assume. Oh, yes. yes yeah. Yes, yes. Yeah. <laughs> and, and, and I mean, I think you and I and, and Ben, I think we all pegged it that uh, this was Survivor New Zealand's version of uh, Rupert, you know, and um, it's kind of funny. He's gone out in the final eight here with some of his former allies turning on him. You know, there's definitely some parallels here in the way he's gone out as well, which is really quite crazy. But uh, yeah, I mean, a total blindside. Uh, to me, I, I kind of felt this was always going to happen. Um, you know, it wasn't a huge surprise that Salah's gone. Um, probably what is a bigger surprise to me is that Arvi was was out of the loop. That's probably the big takeaway for me. But uh, you're sitting there watching this. I mean, what was your kind of immediate reaction to seeing Salah being the one that's going home? Probably a little different to yours. I didn't expect it to happen. I thought he would definitely stick around. I'm, I'm thrilled it happened. <laughs> I did not want him to get to like the final five, final four, just because of his whole good guy attitude really makes me sick. But seeing him get voted off and seeing them all start to, you know, make a big move that was sort of comparative to the American version, glorious, loved it. It was great. 
Yeah, and I mean, I'm probably going to get into um, some, you know, some talk uh, comparing this to the to the American version. And I guess I'm not going to leave anything on the table here. I'm going to go straight out with my my big hot takes. And um, I don't know what what you feel about in terms of this being a good move or not. For me, I'm going to come straight out and say that I think this was a a good move done too early. Um, for for Barb and Shannon, I think if we're talking about these guys being the the movers and shakers of this episode, then um, I think that they probably did this one one round too soon because I think the problem is now they're left with a whole bunch of threats um, you know they re- I think they needed to split up Tom and, and um, Jack before they did this move um, mm-hmm. and I think that uh, there's now enough enough moving pieces in place that can that can really deal to um, to Barb and Shannon and I think probably one of the big problems is when you look at that kind of you compare it to that Pearl Island situation and I always think they took care of Rupert probably one vote too soon and, and Johnny Fairplay and Burton end up paying for that because there's too many loose pieces left around you know there's still mm-hmm. too many active players who can gang up on them and um, I you know I totally I actually think it's also the wrong person I think you probably should go for Arvey at this point um, definitely so, so yeah I, I think I, I like the thinking behind it but I think probably a bit early maybe the wrong person as far as being an audience member goes, I loved it. I thought it was brilliant. Uh, strategically, I wouldn't have done it. I would have, if I was them, I would have gone Avi first. Probably this round too. I would have gone Avi this time. Mm, oh, oh, actually, Matt, I, I think I would have gone Tom, Avi, Salah, if I was the Barb, Nate, Shannon little crew. Yeah, I think um, it's a bit of a tough one. And, um, you know, I I think it probably depends on what you see as being Barb and and Shannon's best move because I think both of them are in a no-win situation. And I, you know, I want to get into talking about the edit a little bit separately later on. But, um, uh, you know, I don't think they're in a great situation and they need need each other and one more person to take to the end. And... uh, I think it's just too obvious to me that Barb, Shannon and Nate need to be broken up now. And unfortunately, when you do this move at the final eight, you're left with four people who might see that and might decide to break you up. Because I think those three need each other. Because if they go to the end with with anyone except those final three, then they probably lose, if you know what I mean. I agree, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. So, I mean, uh, we can probably talk about uh, from Salah's perspective a little bit too. I mean, he obviously was completely blindsided. Was was that something you were surprised by, that, that he didn't see it coming? Or is that pretty pretty kind of classic Salah that, you know, we, we kind of, we, we know who he is as a character now and he's not somebody that's, that's really ever going to, um, you know, see this kind of thing coming? Or I, I, I don't think he would have seen it coming and I don't, I don't, think he would have been that bothered by it because he he basically said he wasn't out there to win which for me that is the point of playing survivor is to win and i think he got whatever he went out there to achieve i think he achieved it so i don't i don't think it would have been like a soul crushing blindside but i think he would have been surprised that people hadn't come up to him and said oh my friend we're sending you home now it's okay. We'll be friends after it, sort of thing. 
Yeah, yeah. Um, and I mean, it's probably a little bit different. Like, I think, you know, Salah kind of took it pretty well. He went out of the game, you know. You know, he, he wasn't all angry and, you know, kind of like if we compare him to Rupert, I think Salah's still a better player than Rupert, um, which might be a bit harsh on, on Rupert. But, you know, I'd still... Oh, no, I, I don't think so. I think that's accurate. <laughs> yeah, I, I think, you know, if, if you're going to put money on um, on one of them winning the game for you, you'd probably always put money on Salah. <laughs> Definitely. Yeah, um, so, I mean, probably we should actually just um, just jump into kind of where we got to with this as well, because obviously the episode, and I think, um, you know, I, I said in, in my tweets that I think this was probably the strongest Sunday night episode, that we kind of actually started off with a Tribal Council, um, yeah. which I think really helped the show, that we kind of went straight into a Tribal Council, and obviously this is because they wanted to get to a Redemption Island um, scene at the end of the episode. Yeah. Um, so, you know, that's kind of where we start this whole thing. Um and, you know, like, obviously we see, you know, this this pretty average immunity challenge that Jack wins and Mike goes out. And um, we obviously called that because we saw the scenes of Mike, you know, after he'd been voted out last episode. So um, yeah. we, we kind of knew that was coming. Um, but, you know, that obviously sets up that um, Jack and Tom are on the outs and, and can be used. And, and Barb kind of really quickly goes into, you know, I can use these two guys to get myself further. So I'd like to just, like, kind of zero in a little bit on what Barb's doing here. Okay. Um, because, you know, do you think this is, is good for her? I mean, what's Barb's end result of this? Like, what's Barb hoping to get out of this in the end? I think the best Barb can hope for is, like, Kim Johnson, Survivor Africa, make it to the end and maybe get one or two votes. I don't think she can win. Um, any combination, I can't imagine her winning against anyone there. So I think that is that is good for her I think she could get taken all the way to the end because she's somebody that anyone there could beat even I think even Mike could probably beat her if he's the one that does come back yeah um, and I think probably one of the things that uh, I was kind of thinking is could she be the Survivor New Zealand version of, of Sandra you know that she kind of sits there for a long period of time doing nothing and then all of a sudden when it's really important to to kind of be active in the game that she jumps in and, and can start making some moves now I think I'm probably not not uh, revealing too much in my hand I think anybody that's maybe listened to some podcasts that I've been involved in before or seen what I've written knows that I'm not much of a Sandra fan um, I don't really value that style of game um, and I'm not really valuing it here from Barb either I think um, in terms of if we going to look at the edit i don't i don't i'm not being fooled here that i think barb's suddenly going to become this this juggernaut that's going to go on and win the game I, and that's not what i'm seeing from this whole scene um i, I think barb is is yeah i mean i just I, I don't think she's going to be credible i think one of the things that you kind of notice when they do that immunity challenge where they're you know who's the who doesn't deserve to be here and it's barb you know that's mm-hmm. the person that that they're kind of going to like I just don't think Barb is respected by the rest of these these players I think everybody's going to see that you know that she's you know been carried by them they're all going to feel like they carried her to the end so she's going to get to the end and be like a Dawn Meehan or somebody like that that gets to the end but isn't respected at the end um, yeah. so I you know I think I think she's in a bit of a no-win situation but if you're Barb I mean what's do you agree that she probably needs to get to the end with Nate and and Shannon and that's her only way of winning well, Nate and Shannon would be her, I think it would be her, her smartest option to go with, because she's already got that relationship going with Nate. But then I, I don't know about Shannon, though, because I think Shannon is really wishy-washy, and it wouldn't surprise me if next week we see Shannon pulling in 
Shay and trying to get Tom or somebody in something happening. I, I think Shannon's too messy, but I think Barb's best bet would be to stick with Nate and maybe Jack, because I think Nate could be Jack. Yeah, it's it's kind of hard to know because suddenly like I don't know about Jack but we spent a lot of time talking about Tom and you know that he doesn't have a chance of winning and blah 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 and all of a sudden I feel like in this group if he can get to the end and he's got Lee and Mike and Jack on the jury yeah. um, then he only needs one more vote and if Barb has pissed enough people off then suddenly you know Tom as a winner doesn't seem all that impossible I think it's unlikely based on what we've seen in the edit but I think it's you know from a game perspective if you're in the game and you don't know how the show's been edited um, you know like you could potentially now see Tom as quite a big threat and so I think Barb actually is right on the bottom and I think she's doing really well for her position but I think she's put herself in a no-win position really early you know I definitely think she is the least likely to be able to win and then I think Tom would probably be the next one up from her from being right on the bottom yeah I... or, or maybe Shay because she doesn't seem that liked by um, uh, Jack and his OG crew yeah it's really hard to tell and I mean look I think we should probably just cut right to the chase and get into some of our um, our edit talk because I think that this is we're kind of skirting around the issue and um, you know like I think probably you and I have been uh, team RV since the beginning and um, you know this was a bit of a hit for, for him really this week because um, you know <laughs> he he was completely blindsided by this and I thought what was quite interesting is in that first the Sunday night episode is mm-hmm. that you'd actually you, like a lot of what was happening you never saw what RV was was doing and I thought that was quite interesting that maybe this whole blindside was going to happen and, and we wouldn't be shown RV's perspective and that would be quite good for him in the long run in terms of that kind of speaks to him maybe going on and winning because they don't want to show him when things go wrong for him but in that second episode it was totally you know we got the whole thing from RV about you know I've, I feel comfortable I'm in a good position and you know um, I think I know where things are going tonight and, and all that. And so I think that they Arvi got thrown under the bus here a little bit, but Arvi still feels like the only one of everybody still in the game who who has some kind of a winner's edit. I mean, are we really at that point now, or am I alone in that thinking? I, I think not perhaps a winner's edit, because I think Shannon and has had a... You could argue that she's had a winner's edit as well, and possibly even Nate... But I think Arby is the obvious winner from what we've got left, I think. Yeah, and so I think, you know, this is... Do you think that we've kind of been set up for him to have that moment of clarity, like, oh, my God, I thought I was in control and I'm not, and now I'm going to have to really pull out all the stops? Because, like, if I'm going to put money on something that I think is going to happen next week, it's Arby wins immunity. But to me, that seems like that's probably a thing that's going to happen next week. Yeah, well, I think that is what needs to happen for Arby to be able to stick around right now with the position that he's in. He needs to uh, he needs to kick up his game into American levels. Like no more Survivor New Zealand level. Go American, man. USA. <laughs> I mean, and I do feel like Arby's the only one who could actually cut it on, you know, with with some some really good players. I think he would be really really comfortable. He's somebody that just looks really comfortable, and this might be that moment for him where it's just like, oh shit, you know, all of a sudden, 
you know, I've, I, it might sharpen him, you know, like, and some of these players, I think when they get blindsided, they just roll over and die. And I think that's another reason I don't buy that Barb's the winner of the season. It's mm-hmm. because we've, we've had a season, we've had a, um, you know, like a scene with her early in the season where she said, oh, I, I can't win, so I might as well just go. I'm, you know, I'm thinking about quitting. You know, like, yeah. you, you're not going to see that from your the, the person that ends up winning, I don't think. But maybe I'm applying American editing logic to the New Zealand one when I shouldn't. Or maybe the American editing logic that you're thinking of, it could be quite um, similar with what we've seen from her. Uh, it could be quite similar to Will from Worlds Apart, how uh, Shireen described him as being the dead fish, because we've had plenty of is she alive shots of Barb. Yeah, yeah, yeah. exactly. Yeah, yeah. So, I mean, I think there's a little bit of talk this week on in the media and on Twitter a little bit. The old Barb, now suddenly she's like this, you know, she's she's a gangster and she's come out to play and all this kind of thing and and i'm not really buying that it just i i think it's probably what they're telling for this round because they kind of have to show because she has been active in this round you know for sure well, yeah, and i think let, let's just stop down and give her a credit because i think like she has masterminded this move you know it's worked out really well for her and so she should definitely get credit for it but i don't think that suddenly i'm going to throw away you know, five weeks of the show where she sat around and done nothing. Like, to me, if she was the eventual winner, then they would have shown more of her actually doing stuff over the, the first five weeks of the show. And I don't think they would have wanted to show her in such a pathetic light that she has been shown in so far. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah so, I mean, it's it, it's interesting to, to kind of look at that. And, I mean, I just... Who else are we not talking about here? I guess probably Nate. And, I mean, Nate was obviously meant to be shown as kind of the swing vote in this whole thing I think as well as um, you know that he was really weighing up and it was it was heavy on his heart you know whether or not he was going to vote for for his his mate Salah and eventually he ends up voting for Shannon now if there's anything Cop that's going to well totally and if there's anything that annoys me more on Survivor it's people that feel like they morally can't vote somebody out and then they vote for somebody which which effectively ends up getting that person voted out anyway. This is kind of like the whole, you know, when, when Rob and Russell are going after each other and, and here is his villains and, and coaches the deciding vote and he votes for Courtney, you know, like he just tries to cop out of the whole thing. And it will end up being that Nate will come back and realise that everybody just doesn't like him, you know. The people, mm-hmm. that he, the people that he was in an alliance with that he hasn't, kept his word to they're going to be gone you know they're not going to trust him anymore and the other ones are going to think well he couldn't side with us he didn't have the guts to side with us so that that was a no-win situation for nate that was a really really dumb move on his part i think yeah and we've seen people in this predicament in almost every single season of the american version we saw it with tina voting out um Roger and uh, Marilyn and Amber, like people she didn't want to vote out. We saw it with Teresa voting out Frank. Even more recently in uh, Korong, Michelle voted out Julia. You can you can vote out your friends. If they're your friends, they'll get that you're playing a game, man. He should have just done Salah and been done with it. Yeah, and I think I think honestly that is in the long run he's going to regret that move because that you know like Salah's not going to have any more respect for him for not physically writing his name down um you know when he could have taken it to a tie and you know th- that's yeah. the whole thing and and you know i think there's this interesting dynamic that you really only see with with um nate and and um sala which is around this whole honesty loyalty integrity thing which we're not really seen from anybody else but these two are really about and you know even to the point where you know when nate goes to the redemption island jewel which we'll talk about um you know like he he kind of shakes um, lee's hand he says oh you're the only person that didn't lie to me it's like well for me, that's a mark down on a survivor player. If you can't lie, you should be able to lie. That's part of the game. 
Um, exactly. And, but you know that. But Nate and Salah have got a, a different code of ethics in how they're playing this game. And I think you know if, if Nate wants to play that game, he had to keep Salah with him. You know, like you, you absolutely you have to keep that person around at any cost because the only way that you get respect for that at the end is it's a bit like the Ken situation from um, you know Millennials versus Gen X is that you know the dumbest thing he did in the whole game was actually voting out David right at the end because it completely went against who he had said he was the entire game. Yeah. And it's, a, it's the same thing with Nate, is that Nate is now a complete fraud, really, isn't he, in terms of who he has said he ha- has been the whole time. Oh, yeah, absolutely. He's full shit. Yeah. So it's, you know, it's uh, it's an interesting one to think about with Nate. I mean, is there anybody else's perspective that we really want to talk about before we maybe go on and, and talk about some other stuff? So yeah, I mean, it's um, we can probably just uh, rewind back a little bit and start talking about some of the stuff that uh, you know we see in this this first episode. And um, yeah, you know, I think uh, for me, I think this was probably the best Sunday episode we've had since the premiere. There was actually stuff going on. There was a, a lot of stakes. Um, the, the camp scenes all seemed to lead to somewhere, which I think was was really impressive. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, was there anything you kind of wanted to to kind of point out from those early scenes in that Sunday episode? Because I I thought it was actually a really good episode. I thought, I thought it was really good. Uh, I thought um, it sort of set up some more potential story of um, what's going to happen with these two different groups, um, who is actually on Team Lee and Team Mike and who is still fooling them. Um, but I thought I thought gen- in general that whole episode, the pacing of it was so much better than what we've seen on all the other previous Sunday episode. Yeah, and I think you get the whole thing, you know, early in the, the, the kind of episode where you've got that, starts with the Tribal Council, which helps, you know, so that eats up kind of, you know, 15, 20 minutes of the episode, yeah. um, and, and then you kind of get into the camp scenes after that, so everything kind of flowed a bit more naturally. Um, I kind of wanted to talk a little bit about the challenge, because, um, you know, normally I don't really care about the challenges all that much, but this is one of those ones that is really interesting to look at, and, um, you know, I think probably just to refresh people's memories if they've forgotten this is the the challenge where it's kind of about um you know you've you've got everybody ha- has to answer some questions um about you know who's the least deserving of being there who thinks they're running the game and then you know uh, matt tallies that you know the results and then you have to answer about you know what was the most common answer given for this question and then it's the old coconut chop um you know everybody gets three chops and they're gone um it all makes sense if you watched it i probably didn't explain that particularly well but you know uh you should be watching the show you shouldn't have to have me explain these things really um and, and yeah obviously there's lots to unpack here which is obviously the, the whole thing about how other people are perceived by the rest of their tribe which i think is quite interesting to unpack um you know, and and for me, I think clearly what what was quite obvious is that you know Arvi was kind of the one that is seen as as being the the good guy in this tribe, and everybody likes him. Um, but I thought it was quite interesting in terms of who isn't all that well liked, and it was obviously Jack and and Barb that kind of took a few of the the hits there. Yeah, I love this challenge. This challenge, I, I like it. I I I wouldn't want to play it as a survivor player. I think it's uh, it can potentially get really messy. But I, I like the way this one was, the, the way this one played out. And I think the last time we saw it in the American version, didn't they, like, give it all up so that um, that old hag, Missy, could win? <laughs> Not a Missy fan. No, we no, don't have a Missy fan in the room. I'm a Missy hater. But uh, was that the last time we saw this challenge? 
Um, I think you might be right, actually. It's, and that's the problem. A lot of these long-standing challenges in the American ones, they get broken by the players, don't they? I mean, it's a bit like the, the auction, which I wonder if we're going to see an auction on the New Zealand version. Um, but, yeah, they, they kind of get a little bit broken because the players kind of find a way around it, and um, that can always be a bit annoying. Um, I, I think probably the, the, the biggest problem with this challenge is that a good player uh, knows, knows the best way to handle this challenge is to completely throw it you know like yeah. you just you don't you don't try and answer any of the questions correctly um you just completely throw yourself out because you don't want to be the one who has to chop the rope more or less and we didn't see a lot of that but the one player that did try and do that a little bit was was Arvi. you know when one of the questions he actually answered himself it was a bit too obvious but you know that was kind of his his approach to it i guess um, that was just him being a cop out that's yeah. exactly the same as uh, <laughs> Shannon. come on Arvi, I'm your yeah, champion. yeah you need to be a little bit more subtle about that basically um, yeah, man. yeah and um, yeah so I, I think that was probably the only thing that kind of came up here but uh, yeah I, I, I think probably these ones kind of always show where people stand um, obviously this is this challenge has got a bit of history in the American one as well as being the the, the infamous one from Marquesas where you know the, the rolling alliance kind of completely showed their hands and and you know alerted the the those that were out of power who actually still had the majority um yeah. that that they should band together and um we almost got that a little bit i feel hold on i said a question that you might be able to answer for me nick or maybe somebody who listens can answer you know in panama when they had it and they asked who is the biggest poser and then dreadlock courtney asks what is a poser and she was the answer to the question do you remember that yeah what actually is a poser because I wanted to know, and they didn't give an answer. I don't know what that is. <laughs> it's, it's uh, I guess, a, a Kiwis, we would probably call it a tryhard. Um, you know, somebody, ah, some, somebody, okay. that, somebody that thinks they're hot shit and they actually aren't. And, you know, is always worried about the... Uh, you'd probably say now they're always going for the selfie or whatever, you know, like it'd be that kind of thing, I guess. Okay. Yeah. Someone who thinks they're hot shit on toast, but they're cold fart. On yeah, bread. pretty much. Yeah. Okay, yeah. got it. Yeah. Yeah. Continue, I'm sorry. <laughs> yeah. So, I mean, were there any kind of standouts in terms of, you know, answers to any of these questions? Uh, no, not really. I don't, I don't think anything was that shocking or surprising or eye-opening. Yeah, I, I think for me, probably the one that that was the, the most revealing was the one about Barb. You know, it said, who doesn't deserve to be here? And I think, you know, considering that most of these people here at this point in the game are still her allies, that she's the answer to that question is very revealing to me. You know, that that's what is thought of of her. Um, I also thought it was quite interesting, you know, like this is a good, good game in terms of what are people's... Um, you know how well do they perceive you know their own self perceptions of, of how they are viewed by other people in the game and um, you know for all the stupid jokes and stuff like that you know Jack obviously knows pretty well how he has been perceived by other people um, and I thought that, oh, was, that was quite interesting I thought Jack was brilliant with that uh, the way he handled it he basically gave no fucks and I was like oh Jack this is the guy I thought we would be seeing right from the very beginning I am liking Jack this week I'm I'm pretty pretty pleased Right I, from when um, 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 Matt gives him that immunity necklace, and he's like, oh, it looks so good on you, man. Ooh, yeah. And Jack's like, yeah, thanks. <laughs> well, I think I think Jack, to his credit, you know, uh, I've, I've been pretty disappointed with Jack throughout this whole season, but I think, uh, to his credit, he played this whole thing beautifully this week. You know, like, he really, really played his part well. And, you know, if we're going back again to the Pearl Island analogy, he, he was the... The, the Dara or Dara, however you might say it, you know, he was that character where, you know, he was basically had to play the role of being 
you know, knowing he was going and, and you know, pretending that, um, you know, that he was the one who was going when he actually knew that that wasn't the plan. So I, I thought he did yeah. that really well, yeah. Yeah, I, I, I hope this isn't the peak of Jag. I, I, I have a feeling it could be, but I hope it's not. Yeah, and I mean, obviously, um, you know, we, we get to the end of this challenge and it's, uh, I mean, one thing we haven't actually talked about is that uh, Surviving New Zealand's managed to get to 11 episodes before doing the shameless um, product placement, but we but we get it here with the Pizza Hut, um, you know, where Barb, Barb wins this and, and, you know, and she wins the pizzas and, um, you know, it's the first time we've really seen this on this game, eh? Like, it, it's one of those funny things that you kind of... Um, you know, we 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 said a lot of the American ones, not so much these days, but uh, it certainly was a big thing early on. And um, here we go with the the Pizza Hut pizzas. Yep, Pizza Hut, and those pizzas looked rank. They looked so bought a couple of days ago. <laughs> yeah, well, I mean, Survivor Pizza's got to be bad, eh? Because it's ne- yeah. never going to be warm or anything like that. And then Matt trying to claim the pepperoni pizza all for himself. It was like, oh, pie. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. So, so I mean, what did you think of, of Barb's decisions in terms of who she who she picked to go with her? Good. I I think it was good for the reasoning she gave. I thought it made sense. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so I, you know, I think that uh, you know we, we're seeing like this. It's kind of one of those funny things where you know Barb's kind of done really nothing this whole season, and you know all of a sudden has like this amazing episode. It's almost a bit like the the Natalie from Micronesia thing, eh? Like just kind of yeah, comes out of it. Yeah, so it's it's kind of quite weird. Like this is definitely her big week, and you know it wouldn't surprise me at all if if um, you know RV manages to turn everybody against her next week. Like that wouldn't surprise me at all. You know. Oh, I hope so. I really hope so. That would be great. Yeah, yeah. So I mean, is there is there too much more from this episode before we kind of get into the Redemption Island? Because oh, that was actually Redemption Island was actually quite fun. Um, so if there was, uh, there might be some other stuff we need to talk to. Though. I can't really remember too much more. No. There was a little bit of Shannon, but that was it, wasn't there? Yeah, yeah, and I mean, I, I think we're getting lots of scenes between Shannon and Barb here, which is interesting. Um, you know, like, I, I'm I'm always interested to see what you Shannon's mindset is, because she's the one that seems to change the most. Like, if you were, if you were Arvi and, and um, Shay coming back from this, this latest tribal council, you're going <laughs> to want to talk to Shannon, because she's the one that seems to change her mind, you know, week to week, basically. She's like the OG Kelly Wigglesworth, and I'm pretty sure I said that about somebody, but it wasn't her. I think I said it about Lou in the very first thing we did. She's um, where Kelly was wishy-washy between, am I going to be in this alliance, or am I going to not be in an alliance? Shannon's like wishy-washy in, am I going to be with these guys, or am I going to be with these guys? I really don't like these guys. I really don't like these guys. She's too all over the place to be a winner. I think. Well, it'd be interesting to know because I think what's also quite interesting in these seasons is that you know we see the kind of the editing and, and all that kind of stuff that goes in behind it. But um, mm-hmm. you know, I think how much does Shannon know she's fucked? You know, like if Shannon knows that she's got no way of winning, so she's playing for second. She just needs to get to the end and, and you know, hope she gets a couple of votes. But she's not going to win regardless of who she takes. Yeah. Um, then you know she's actually playing spoiler a little bit, and you know you definitely get that in some seasons where people know that they they don't have what they need to win they've made too many enemies and so they just they just play to get somebody else to the end um and you know and i think that you know we could be seeing that with shannon but i i'm not getting that impression i still think she sees herself as really being in in with a chance of winning well i don't think she is i think the the likelihood of her winning is 
not that great, but I think there are people still in the game that if she has a good argument, she could beat. I think she could beat Barb. I think she could beat Tom. She could possibly maybe beat Shay, but I, I think she could beat Barb, definitely. And that's at least second place if she's in the final three with her yeah so i mean it's it's uh it's hard to know eh? and i think probably the thing with shannon is that how much does she repair the damage she's done um because the problem is is that you know lee's out of the game he's on the jury and he doesn't like her um what we've seen next week from the you know the preview for next week is that um mike's still chewing her out you know like the fact that she's gone and then and gotten rid of sala hasn't changed his opinion of her so mm -hmm. there, there's two that don't like her um i think if she keeps playing the way she has and she's probably lost any chance of sala or Arvi's vote um you know jack's probably not going to vote for her i can't see tom voting for her so you know i just think there's there's really no chance that she wins um to me having said that i think she's the probably the most interesting player on the season you know she's the most active player and she has been the whole time and she's always been quite happy to keep her options open and i think that that you know that makes a big difference oh definitely i think as far as the character goes she's uh one of the highlights yeah but i don't really appreciate her style of playing yeah, yeah, no, it's, um, I mean, I I actually quite like it because I think that she is active in the game and I think that you need that, you know, I think this would have been, you know, regardless of who you like or don't like in the season, I think if this if this thing had been, you know, a pagonging and run down the down the middle and, you know, it would have been really boring and I think players like mm -hmm. Shannon make it interesting, so I'm glad she's there, um, but, you know, any chance that she has a winning, in my opinion, is gone, but uh, I think there's actually a really interesting scene here where we kind of have this whole thing where Shannon's kind of talking with Barb and, and they're kind of having a strategy discussion while the boys are mm -hmm. out fishing, and I thought just like, it was really quite cleverly kind of this juxtaposition where you've got these boys out doing the physical surviving and the girls are there doing the strategic social surviving and yeah. i thought that was it was really well intercut you know that you you kind of had these two groups that um were, were kind of you know working in different ways and mm -hmm. you know i i think for our friend alice Bryan, and, and we'll get to alice Bryan watch for sure um but um, you know i think that you know this whole talk about you know that that women this is a sexist game and all that kind of thing i think you can see that the, the power players after this week are definitely the women Definitely. Yeah. So, I mean, I think we can probably get into our, our Redemption Island thing. The only other thing to maybe talk about here is that, you know, we're still drawing spots out for who goes to Redemption Island. Mm-hmm. That's lame. I think Shannon should have jumped on that bandwagon and said, oh, I jumped on the same bandwagon that Jack was on and had of push to go. I think that would have been smart for her to do. Yeah, I think so. And, um, you know, like, uh, I, I can't remember who it was on, on Twitter, but made the, quite a good comment that, um, you know, Shannon probably could have done the, the best she could to get to Redemption Island. And what that might have done is actually just take the heat off. You know, Lee and Mike could have their big spit at her, you know, have a go at her, um, and then have their challenge and one of them goes. And it might just mm -hmm. have softened the blow before they head over to the jury bench. And I think there's probably a little bit of, of tactics there that that does make quite a bit of sense, I think. Oh, uh, yeah, I, I think, yeah, yeah, I think that would have been good. And if she had have had that uh, that confrontation in private or just with Jack, I think that could have given her an opportunity to bond with Jack coming out of it, thinking, oh, God, I just got, you know, whacked over by those two. Oh, Jack, feel bad for me and could play up to that. But I think the thing where Shannon is failing, I think it's her maturity levels because... Had she screwed over Barb and Nate the way she screwed over Mike and Lee, I think 
the older people would have appreciated that as a game move, where I think her peers were too invested in her being their friends that they're going to take it personally. And if you're going to take it personally, you're not really going to get uh, much credit from them as far as gameplay goes. So Shannon's fucked, basically. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I think we've probably both come to uh, to that conclusion. <laughs> but uh, oh, you know, I like your skincare routine, Shannon. You keep your face unsunburned. You've got lovely skin. Congratulations. And you know, the one thing I have liked about Shannon this whole time is seemingly more than just about anybody in this game. She seems to love the fact she's there, which is really cool. Um, you know, I'd like to think that if I was out there, I would actually be physically enjoying it you would actually see the the enjoyment on my face but probably not i'd probably be hangry and grumpy and um swearing at people and by day 21 i would have well been voted out um so <laughs> so we go into this redemption island uh thing and, and you know I, i'm not sure that there was anything all that interesting to talk about with these two guys because there wasn't really much of a fizz there because the two the two that got chosen to go were obviously Nate and Jack, and so there's not a lot that's that's interesting there. Um, no. Yeah, so you know, I think um, you know we, we can really just get into the challenge because I actually did really enjoy the challenge, and I, I love the the kind of irony of the fact that this challenge was you know you got the two physically strongest guys in the game, and um, it's a puzzle. You know, like to me that just cracked me up. Um, but this is the old I love. This is the the Jay Byers puzzle. That's the one I always think of because this is the one he won in, in uh, One World. Um, oh, isn't this the one that Candace Cody bombed to Brad Culpepper in Blood vs. Water? It might have been, yeah, yeah. I, I, I know it's been used more than once, and I really like it because I think it's a, it's an interesting challenge and uh, it's an interesting puzzle in that it's one of those ones that you can get halfway through it and think you've got it and then suddenly like one piece is wrong and so you've got to like rip the whole thing out. Um, and so I like it from that yeah, perspective. Yeah. Oh, um, it, wasn't, it wasn't Candace, it was um, Marissa, I think. Yeah, I like this puzzle. I think it's good. Yeah, and uh, I like you know, the challenge, yeah. and, and I think like uh, from my perspective, I think if Mike can go on a bit of a, a winning streak here, that's going to be really good for the, for Redemption Island. And I think that I don't know what you think, but that feels to me like what's going to happen. I, I don't think we're going to get what we had last time, where Salah's going to come in and knock Mike out. Um, I think we're suddenly going to have a bit of a, a run here for Mike, where he's going to he's going to you know go quite far in Redemption Island, and potentially I could see him easily being the one that comes back into the game. Yeah, I I, th- I was quite surprised with how well he was balancing. This could be me just reading into the situation way too much, but because he was so good at balancing on that little beam, I, th- <laughs> I think he could do well for the whole Redemption Island thing. That is a terrible thing to base my opinion on. <laughs> well, I th- <laughs> well, I think I the thing about... Well, I think the thing about Mike is that we've seen he's a bit of an all-rounder. Like he can, you know, he's good at the puzzles. Um, and you know, yeah. next week, next week, and this is a bit of a spoiler alert if you absolutely don't want to know anything. But it's, it's a memory challenge one next week, and we've already seen that Mike is good at memory challenges. So, you know, I, I think he's there's not anything that he's going to be going in feeling a lack of confidence and I think that that's the whole thing with these kind of do or die Redemption Island things that you have to go in with a little bit of confidence you know have that Aussie factor you know you go in feeling like you're going to win before you even start and um, you know like I just feel like Mike's going to go on a tear here you know especially if he's like next week at Salah and then the week after that it's Barb and then it's Nate and you know like it's going to be like well you know it's it's kind of like he doesn't have any big superstars coming up behind him now who they could they could 
vote out Avi and Tom, that could be strategy used against those two to try and use one of those two to get rid of Mike from Redemption Island. Yeah, totally. And I mean, that, yeah. that would make a lot of sense to me. And I think that's probably the other thing that they're not thinking about um, is that by sending Salah, I mean, you're pretty much guaranteed Mike another week. And I think these whole yeah. things, they become momentum as well. And mm-hmm. so the longer, the longer Mike's there, the harder it is for somebody else to get rid of him. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, I think there's definitely some good strategy there. I think I, I think on paper Arvi looks like he's in danger next week, but um, I think you know given that you know what we know about from what we can see from the edit, it's probably not the case. But we could be completely wrong here. Um, so yeah, I guess we'll just have to wait and see there a little bit. But uh, yeah, no, it, it was a really fun challenge. Um, obviously, Mike ends up pulling it out and winning this thing, and uh, I think we had like a really kind of classy exit from from Lee on the way out the door as well. Yeah. He was all good. He handled it better than I would. <laughs> yeah, and I think probably this is the reason we haven't seen a lot of Lee is that he's pretty chill, you know. <laughs> like he's, yeah. he's and um, you know, one of the things I'm always interested in is, you know, because um, you know, ultimately the first juror quite often sets the tone. Um, and you know, I think Lee's going to set a really good tone for everybody else that comes in. I think he's going to be pretty chilled. I don't think you're going to have a really angry bit of jury, and hopefully that's going to mean at the end of the game that they vote, you know, based on on what happened in the game and and not be too bitter. I mean, I don't like to get into the whole bitter jury thing, um, but you know, yeah. I, I think that that's definitely a, a thing to consider going forwards. Definitely, yeah. Hmm. Yeah, so uh, I mean, that probably uh, probably caps us off for this episode, unless there's anything else you want to talk about. I'm pretty good. Okay, well, covered it all. Well, let's do a bit of a, you know, let's 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 rate this episode. So, we, you know, are we going to buy it, rent it, or bin it? I'll, I'll leave you to start us off here. This one I would rent it because I think this one I think is gonna. I think as far as overall story goes, this is going to be the sort of turning point for the whole season. This episode, both yeah. these two episodes, I think. You're definitely a hard rater. There's no doubt about that. Um, it's a funny one for me because it's definitely between buy or rent for me, and uh, it's so hard with these these weekend ones because it's really hard to separate them. Sometimes, you know, like mm-hmm. this feels like part one of of a two part kind of story. Yeah. Um, you know, if I'm looking at this one, and I actually think, you know. I, you know, I've said it's, a, I think, the, the best Sunday episode we've had in that, we, you know, we've got a tribal council at the start, we've got a really good challenge, um, you know, we've got some, some good funny moments, I forgot to talk about, you know, Matt's never worn a green hat and stuff like that, which did crack me up, because I'm always going on about, I want one of those hats, um, <laughs> and, and, you know, I think we've got a good Redemption Island scene, um, so I think I'm going to buy it, and, you know, I I. I yeah, I do. I agree with you totally that this is, feels like the turning point in this game. That you know we're on the road to the end now, and it feels like everybody's just going to go for gold now. There's no safe spaces, and everybody's just going to be like absolutely, you know, killing it trying to trying to win this thing. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, so that's really cool. I mean, we can go into the the main event now. It's kind of funny because we've obviously talked about the end at the beginning, but it felt like the the logical place to start. But we really did have to kind of talk about that. Um, and you know, so um, we get into the second episode, and, and and you know, I think there's more kind of really interesting scenes here, and, and I think that the that the editors did a really good job of of kind of laying out the 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 difficulties of, that is going through some of these people's minds here, and and I think that probably comes a lot through one scene that's in this episode, which is um, my two favourites, Shannon and and Arby having a, having a chat together, and yeah. I always love those scenes between the two of them because I think that you know they are the most interesting players to go to for you know any kind of um, 
confessional or anything like that and you know it's really fun to watch the two of them kind of talk things through and that's kind of left me really confused I didn't really know where things were going to go after that yeah I I wanted to see these two um talk strategy but I don't I don't really feel like it was uh, as profound as what I was hoping for it was just sort of it was just sort of not much to it really but now I can sort of see why though with where Shannon went why there might be some sort of block there with those two yeah I think so and I I think it is like you can see the two of them kind of struggling to to kind of have a relationship it doesn't feel like everything's kind of clicking together right I don't know if that makes sense but you know sometimes it just feels like the two of them are just not on the same page and yeah, I don't know. I think we've maybe seen this stuff for a reason. And... I think it could be uh, uh, the the weariness of each other could be the the underlying uh, uncertainty that they have about each other could, I, I don't know, maybe being there, it could have been a lot more palpable than what it came across. Yeah, I think so. And I, to me, I think that this might be a thing that, you know, I do feel like the two of them could end up being two of the final three. And, you know, I could easily see the two of them there with like a, I don't know, like a Barb or a Tom or somebody that doesn't get any votes. And these are actually the two that are kind of, you know, that have been tossed up as, as the potential winner. Um, and so I think maybe that might be behind it. Who knows? I mean, it's just, it's so hard to tell at this point. But the two of them are definitely thinking about the game on a level that nobody else is really thinking about. Yeah, definitely. I'd agree with that. Yeah, so, um, I mean, is it, what are the other kind of key scenes that you kind of got out of this this, uh, this this first half of the episode before we get into the immunity challenge? Was there anything else that you thought was, was kind of really important to talk about? Uh, Jack and Barb. That was this episode, wasn't it? Yeah, I think so. And, you know, like we kind of get this whole thing of, um, you know, suddenly Jack quite likes Barb because, you know, she's, she's going to do him a favour. Yeah, well, the thing with Barb, she also said that she uh, had a soft spot for Jack. But, like, the last time I heard Barb talking about Jack, wasn't she going on about how much of a jackass he is? Yeah, well, that's it. And I think that it just feels like... And I guess that's probably what Survivor's like a little bit. It's a bit transactional, and, you know, yeah. one day you hate people, and the next day you need their votes, so suddenly you're best friends again. Yeah, yeah. I thought I thought it was quite interesting. Uh, I, I actually never would have thought that he would have been somebody she would have wanted to use, even had it been in her best strategic interest i didn't really get any sort of vibe from her that she'd be open to working with him so it was quite interesting to see it actually happen and for it to be sincere as well yeah yeah i mean and it's so hard to tell because like to me it felt quite sincere from barb but jack was kind of like you know it was a bit of a wink to the camera you know he's a little bit like oh you know like um you know like I really like Barb now, but it was kind of like sarcastic. Like you, knew, yeah. he, he knew what the real deal was, really. Um, yeah. yeah, so it was really interesting to me. Um, but, you know, I mean, I, I guess we can probably talk about, you know, like if we're coming out of this episode, we've got this alliance of five. And, I mean, what do you see their chances of actually sticking together? Because they just they don't seem like a group that, that's really going to stick together. And, I mean, if we're going back to it, so this is this is our almost our entirely our Hermosa starting tribe, isn't it, with, the, uh, with Tom being included, basically? Yeah, it's Tom, Barb, Nate. Well, it's Barb and Nate are the central two with Shannon and then Jack and Tom as the two peripheral members. I I don't I don't 
I think it'd be an interesting combo for that five if that was the final five, but I, I don't I don't think we could count out Shay and Arvi this soon. I don't know. It's tricky. What do you think? Um, I think probably one of the one of the big un, kind of unfinished stories on the season for me is really um, you know that we got this whole kind of backstory that Arby really trusted Tom, and maybe that's what's going to come to the the, the four next week. Is you know like yeah. Arby really trusts Tom, and we never really got you know so Arby votes against Tom basically last week, and we never got a scene where Tom's like, oh, I thought Arby was was my mate, and you know, we, you know, we never got that scene. Yeah. And I wonder if that's going to be something for next week because I think probably the stumbling block, and we're getting over and over again, is that is Tom doesn't want to work with Shay. And you know, so Arvi, Arvi does. Arvi can't afford to lose Shay. Um, mm-hmm. So I think Arvi, like his plan, his plan for next week is probably to. He has to either break up Tom and Jack or break up mm-hmm. Nate and Barb. And yeah. I, I think he's going to realise that he has a better shot of breaking up Nate and Barb than he does of of breaking up. Um, Tom and Jack. Yeah, I think that that's so. Yeah, I think that that's probably the. Oh, I don't know. It's so hard to know, eh? Because I think well, the best way for him to do it would be to pull in Shay, pull in Tom, pull in Jack, and then you've got those four, and you've got Shannon, Barb, and Nate on the outer. Yeah, four's the magic number, and I think probably the thing he needs to do is, is get Tom and Shay together because that's where the problem's going to be. Is that those two don't want to work together. Um, but I think he's got to explain to them, hey, look, if, if the four of us don't work together, then those other three are going to the end. And, you know, right now this is our last shot to take them out because after that we won't have the numbers. So it's it's really up to us. We, we need to do it. And um, it's a really, really important sell for his, uh, his position in the game. That's something that he really needs to pull off because that would be his only option that could lead to more options at this point, I think. Yeah, I think so. Yeah. 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 So it's a big move. That's a big move for Arvi to do, and he need. He, I think he could do it, but he'd need to be smart about it. And we've seen plenty of smart people play Survivor and be needing to make the exact same move. The most recent one I can think of is the conversation between Cass, Tash, and Sarah in that episode in Kagiyan when uh, Tash says to What's her face? Um, Sarah, if you do, if you have a problem with Cass, vote her out. When she really should have played it completely differently. So I hope Arvi can play it in a way that works to his benefit because he's still my winner's choice. I still want Arvi to win. Yeah, and I mean to me, this has. I mean, obviously, it's uh, it's not quite the straight road that it maybe was before. But I'm still definitely on Team RV. I, I just I can't see where else this is this show's going other than an RV win. Um, and I mean, we could be totally wrong about that. We could be missing stuff all over the place. But to me, it's still that feels so obvious to me. And um, you know, maybe in a way, this is kind of a good thing for for RV's overall story because it kind of shows him having to course correct and and you know makes him seem an even better player because he has to come from behind now a little bit too so you know i think we could potentially have that story as well so yeah i mean it's, it's just gonna be really interesting but i think just keep in mind that four is the magic number next week and tom's uh, you know the, the whole tom shea thing is going to be the big thing for Arby to overcome mm-hmm. there's been that, that story's been built up too much from the very first episode that it has to amount to something yeah i them turning on each other or whether or not it's them coming together and using each other for their own betterment i don't know but they need to do it. 
Yeah, yeah. So, uh, yeah, it's, it's just going to be really interesting to me. I mean, I don't see that this is, you know, I don't see that final five being Nate, Barb, Jack, Tom and Shannon. That doesn't feel like a natural final five to me. I guess the other story that could be coming is that Arby gets voted out and then comes back through Redemption Island. That's the bit I hadn't really considered before. But there that, is that, that possibility. Yeah. 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 Which I would have. I, I if I was on Survivor, I wouldn't vote for somebody from Redemption Island to win. I don't. I think I'd have a really hard time doing that. I mean, I I think you and I as fans would, but I think you know, like I I I always go back to that situation with Aussie that you know he would have won that game. You know. He would have won it with a, you know, with a bullet type of thing. There was no way he was losing that. Um, but you know, that was a, a, a weird situation. And I think that these players don't necessarily think about, you know, I don't know. It's hard. I, I don't think they really think about it from that perspective too much. Well, I, I don't think so because they're still considering Mike coming back and being like a solid competitor in the actual game. So, I think you're right. Yeah, yeah. So, I mean, it's yeah. it's hard to tell. I mean, I'm looking forward to that. But uh, I guess probably one of the things we need to talk about in this early part is uh, the old uh, Jack loincloth. I mean, did you enjoy that scene? Is that something you needed no. in your life? I didn't. I didn't. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's that kind of that cabin fever stuff, eh, at this point where these guys are just getting so bored with each other. And, you know, you, you really kind of just see these, these moments. Um, you know, I really didn't need to see... Uh, uh, Jack's blurred white ass. It was not something that uh, was really on on my uh, my hit list of things I needed to see. Um, no. But you know that's that's survivor for you, I guess. And uh, you know it, it's it's quite funny because you never really think about these moments where these guys are just obviously so bored, you know, and you know anything to kind of just spice things up. And you know like yeah. the, Jack must be going crazy because you know he's these the guys. He's the youngest one out there. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, and you kind of forget he's twenty one because he's quite a tall, you know, big guy. You kind yeah. of forget that he's actually just quite a young guy as well, um, yeah. and you know, so you, you kind of get these these kind of crazy moments with him. I mean, I really have to wonder what these guys think about him, and I think even you see the um, the kind of reaction to him when he kind of comes into camp wearing this loincloth and he's doing this little dance, and um, you know, uh, Tom's the only one who is finding this amusing at all. Um, everybody else is kind of just like. No, <laughs> yeah, you know, just kind of standing back and, and not really enjoying it. Um, and I think that you know, um, I, I think uh, Jack needs to know his crowd a little bit. I'm not entirely sure that he's uh, that he's well aware of, of um, you know who is who is marketers here. Do you do you have a younger brother, Nick? I do. Do you, did you agree? Did it did it make you sort of go, ugh, God, fuck that? When Shay said he's like living with your little brother. <laughs> <laughs> well, I guess he would be like that to these guys. Eh? He would just be like this annoying little brother. Um, yeah, I could totally see that. It's um, definitely something that that uh, that kind of rang through to me a little bit. Um, I, yeah, I just to me, he just yeah, he would be so annoying to live with. You know, like I could just imagine him just just grating on you so much. Eh? Well, be, imagine being at home and you're, you know, you're fed, you're rested, you're in your zone, and then you're dealing with an annoying little brother. That's horrific to have to deal with because yeah. that pains in the ass. Starving, tired, paranoid, and dealing with that, it would be like stick a fork in my eyeball. Yeah, Fuck that shit. It'd be hard work. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, definitely. Um, so I guess we can probably go into this um, this immunity challenge, and it, it's, this is such a weird challenge. I like I think any challenge where it, it's in pieces is always quite strange. Mm-hmm. I yeah, I thought this one was a little bit of a fizzer. It, 
uh, I think this challenge sucked. Um, I mean, there were there were parts of it that I liked. Um, you know, like I I, uh, I I really liked the end part. Like I like the the puzzle. I think that that's really cool. Um, but I hate the whole thing of like, because I don't know if it's just like a fear of choking or something. But um, mm-hmm. you know, like that whole thing of having to put water in your mouth and then go under a thing. And like I always hate that. But I hate when they do that in challenges because I just I can just see these guys like choking or something like that. Like it just it's such a weird thing. Like it just this feels like one that you would set up in your backyard at home if you're playing like Survivor with friends or something, eh? Yeah, yeah, but I didn't get that like fear of choking from this one as much as I did from the original Redemption Island challenge that Russell's team threw. That one gave me anxiety. That one yeah, was yeah, yeah. But this one, I, I just thought there was, it was, it was just too budget, too cabbage. I think this was one of the times when the actual budget sort of sucked and was far too obvious for my liking. Was yeah. challenge. Yeah, yeah. I think, and I think you know, like we've been pretty, I think, pretty good on the show that it's looked really good. And mm. uh, there's actually a point that I'm gonna uh, and remind me about this because I'll probably forget. But there's another point later in the episode where the the, the you see you see the seams a little bit. Um, mm-hmm. And um, you know, I, I think this is one of those ones where yeah, it just felt like a bit of a a bit of a cheapo challenge. You know, even like the little basket things that they were smashing out with the clubs, like just looked a little bit kind of basic. Warehouse. Uh, yeah, yeah. Like it just <laughs> did look like one that you would go and buy all the stuff at Bunnings and you know, yeah. like, and put it together in your backyard. Um, yeah. So I just kind of had that feeling about it. But I do, I do kind of quite like ones where it's like you know the first five get through, then you know the the first three get through. You know I quite like mm-hmm. challenges like that. They're quite fun. Um, yeah, I don't mind that. That's all yeah. right. Yeah. And I think one of the things that I kind of noted is like straight away you know Barb's out in the first round, and I thought that's this is where I kind of had like the um the the Sandra vibes, you know, because mm-hmm. I could totally see her being that one that people just forget she's there, and you know, and they totally forget that you know she's even a threat, and before you know it, she's in the final three, and you know, like so, I, I see that potential for her. Like, you, I could see her as that person. Um, you know, I'm still not buying it, but I could definitely see it. I, I do you think that Sandra would have been that invisible to them while they were playing, or do you think she just would have been written off as somebody completely non, something somebody completely unaffected? Unaffected to the game. Ineffective. Well, I think it was really interesting because um, I was, uh, you know, I was reading something on uh, the New Zealand Herald the other day, and it was kind of like um, this kind of weird little article with Barb. It was like this little interview that they did, and it was mm-hmm. on like it was on Sunday, I think, and so it was before either of these episodes had aired, and mm-hmm. it was basically, you know. Um, Barb basically talking about how she was really surprised that, you know, like in her life, people are generally kind of impressed by her all the time. And she went on the show and she was immediately cast as the older woman who was useless and things like that. And that was a real adjustment for her. She had to get used to the fact that people weren't impressed by her. Um, And I thought that was quite an interesting observation that she's obviously, you know, I think that that's something that's been carried through the game. And, you know, just a lot of the remarks, I just feel like she's not well respected. And I think unfairly so. um, But I think she is not all that well respected in this game game um and you know i think that that's definitely something to to kind of keep in mind um mm-hmm. as as we move forward so she might be making some good moves here but i think she's probably alienated people maybe not even you know it's her own fault that that's happened um yeah so i i think it's just something to keep in mind really 
Yeah, I could I could actually see that. It's sort of um, I can remember listening to a couple of people from Survivor Africa, their interviews and talking about how out of place Kim Johnson was, but she didn't appear to be from a viewing perspective. I didn't find, but they said because of her like socioeconomic background, she was just out of place, and it wouldn't surprise me if Barb is like that yeah yeah i think so it's it's an interesting one and it's something that you know we haven't really thought about before because she's not really been a part of the story up until this week so you know we'll definitely keep tabs on that in the last the last remaining weeks especially if she does go on to be a bit of a now she goes on to be something of like a key player and you know she's taking out big players left right and center from here on out and then loses then Mm -hmm. i think we've got uh, we've got something really interesting to talk about at the end of the the season so definitely something to kind of put a pin in and, and see where we get to with that but uh, one of the other things that's been a little bit of a talking point on Twitter and whatnot was uh, that a couple of these guys basically just gave up and stopped. I think mostly Jack um, basically just stopped competing in the second round. You know where they're doing the the water in the mouth and digging. Yeah. Under. And you know, and I mean, did you have any kind of thoughts about that? I mean, it didn't really. It wasn't something that really bothered me all that much, to be honest. I I didn't care. If it was me, I would have dug a bigger hole because Jack, you should have been hauling your fat ass under there anyway. But. Oh, I don't care. If he if he felt comfortable enough to not even try, then good on him. He, it would have sucked if he got voted out, and he would have wished he tried harder. But he didn't need to. So well, it's interesting. Fun. It's interesting that you know, like it, it, it kind of makes you think about the sequencing of everything. I mean, how much was the, this plan to get rid of Salah already in place? Yeah. Um, because if he kind of knew that, then he's like, oh well, I don't need to win. It doesn't matter this round. Mm-hmm. Um, but if that kind of if that discussion hadn't really been fleshed out. Um, he he gives up on the challenge. Tom goes on to win. Then suddenly he's in a really bad spot, and that doesn't make him look good if he thinks he's in danger, you know. Um, but exactly. I think, but I also think there's a really and you know look, it's a really underrated part of this this show is that there is a real strategy to um, throwing challenges or you know just yes. generally not doing good in challenges because you don't become a threat. Yeah. Um, so I, th- I, you know, I think there is part of that too that you know maybe Jack is just not really trying because you know he doesn't want to come off as a bit of a threat. Um, yeah, so I think that's really interesting. Now, one other thing I wanted to bring up, and I've been looking for the place to bring it up, and I think this is the time when we're talking about the end of this challenge. And obviously, Tom Tom wins the challenge. Is you know we've talked a little bit about well we've talked a lot about Tom and you know kind of why he kind of comes off as a little bit I guess kind of skeezy or you know like the kind of Sash or Albert of the season. And um, I think I might have like kind of put a little bit of a finger on what that might be and that he's not he's not somebody that emotes at all like and i really noticed that when he won the challenge like he wasn't excited he Mm -hmm. he barely even smiled when he like goes over to matt and gets the you know um -hmm. gets the necklace it's like he's just kind of like not so much not so much monotone but he just like his expression kind of just never really changes he doesn't get excited about anything and i think that that's can often be somebody that's hard to gravitate towards like when they when they kind of don't really change regardless of the situation um, i have a cousin who is exactly how you're describing he doesn't outwardly appear excited he doesn't ever appear to care about anything even though because i know him i know he does but looking at him you wouldn't think he could give a continental shit about anything and if tom is like that that could definitely be off-putting yeah and it's not something yeah. I, you know like i've been 
I'd been trying to like go around and around in my head a little bit about what it was about Tom that I find hard to, to gravitate towards because you know he's obviously a, a smart guy you know he's athletic uh, good looking guy and what is it about him that has been so off putting you know why does Shay not like him from the start why is everybody just slightly off with him and maybe that's it is that he just doesn't come across as you know like it's it's hard to, to really get excited about somebody that doesn't get excited about things themselves so you know it's it's, it's, it's really really interesting um, so we kind of come back to this challenge and I think we talked about this a little bit last week is that you know the way that these especially this Monday night episode is, is um, kind of structured is that it really feels like old school survival where there's like lots of camp scenes then you mm-hmm. go into a challenge like quite late into the episode and then there's only a few camp scenes before you go to the tribal council and yeah. I, I noticed that again this week and one of the things I've noticed that about the show is that have you noticed how short tribal councils are? Yeah these tribal councils are pretty short eh? they're, they're, and they're not that um they're not that complex with what we're seeing there. They're all quite very surface, very formal, nothing of depth. Yeah, and I, I think it's, you know, it really feels like, you know, we've gotten used to the American one that it's kind of, it's become like such a major set piece that you can quite often, you know, you're going to tribal council and there's still like 15 minutes left on the show. And, you yeah. know, so much happens there. And, you know, it's, and, you know, Jeff has become really good at trying to like, basically change the vote if he feels like it's a straightforward vote is that he'll get in there and he'll just he'll stir up trouble and you know matt obviously doesn't have that skill yet because he hasn't had 34 seasons of experience behind him so you know give the guy a break we're not having a go at him um but you know things do feel a little bit you know like i i I think this is one where if things had been dug into a little bit it could have got quite interesting because like can you imagine if rv kind of suddenly sniffs out the plan at tribal council um you know things could could have got quite interesting um and i think probably the thing that kind of alerted me to the fact that this this didn't become a surprise or a blindside to me was because you know we spent this time between the, the challenge and tribal council where Arvi didn't sniff anything out and mm-hmm. it was kind of like to me it's like well there isn't there isn't a plan b like there isn't mm-hmm. like everything is going into editing the fact that sale is going and here's here's who's doing it and you yeah. know they, they took they took that tact instead of making it a bit of a surprise for the viewer they yeah. really wanted to show who was responsible for making sure sale was gone they really wanted to drive that point home um and so it, and you know like there was you know some talk online while this was going on about oh you know if well if nate jumps over that could be a swap and a a tie sorry i'm like that's not going to happen because they haven't even brought up what happens and if it's a tie vote and if it was if that was even a possibility that would have been discussed and the fact that it's not totally made me think that sale is gone oh i yeah i i would agree with that yeah i i think being like a survivor obsessive like i am the editing takes the just reading the editing it sort of takes away the surprise which is a little a little bit shit that you can see through the manufactured storytelling to actually what is going on yeah but i think it was i i still enjoy, I, I appreciate it <laughs> well i think one thing that that is quite interesting is that we should actually put the call out that if, if anybody's listening to this and you're watching with a friend who's never watched survivor before um who's you know a bit of a virgin going into this thing when it's all over and you know we know who's won um it would be really interesting to talk to that person and see what they thought about how surprised they were about what was happening week to week um because yeah to me i'm completely clouded by i'm you know i'm not an edgic person but i'm definitely i can see where the editing's going um i feel pretty locked in and have for 
for a while about where this is all heading. Um, yeah. It's just about, like, to me, it's kind of like, I feel like I've got the outline of the puzzle and I'm just kind of putting the last few pieces in, you know, where where we're going. Um, mm-hmm. And I haven't quite got there yet, but I kind of feel like I know where all the major pieces fit. Um, and, you know, like, I could be completely wrong, um, but I kind of feel like I know where it's going and... I'm not sure if that's affecting my enjoyment of the show or not. I mean, I'm, I really, really enjoyed these two episodes, so it probably didn't. Um, mm. And, you know, like, more than anything, I want to get back to the show. And, I mean, that's the great thing about A Blind Side is that you want to get back and see what happens next. And that's what's really great about this episode is that we want to know where this is going to go next. Yeah. Yeah, so, I mean, it's, you know, it's the, the scenes before Tribal Council were really interesting to me. Um, you know, I think we've got, and I think we probably have jumped in because, you know, you and I are pretty much kind of RV fanboys about how this affects him and all that kind of thing. But I think mm-hmm. let's, let's just dish out a bit of credit here because I think Tom does a really good job of, of kind of keeping RV in the dark. Um, I think um, Jack does a really good job of kind of, you know, as we talked about before, about just playing off the fact that he's the, the, the decoy. Um, I think the only person who really struggles with this whole thing is obviously Nate, um, you know, that he's not comfortable with this whole situation. Um, yeah. And, you know, we kind of see a little bit of what he wants to do. Um, and I think probably that's the only weakness in kind of maybe Tom's game a little bit is that he's pretty free with information with, with Nate. Um, and, you know, I think if you know that that's the, the weak person, then potentially you're not giving them any more information than they absolutely need. Mm. Do, you, do you think Tom was keeping Avi in the dark, or do you think Avi knows that there is, or both of them perhaps know that working with each other now after the Lee and Mike vote outs, do they think that that relationship's just dead and done and no need to even let each other in on what's happening, or do you think there's more to their relationship well i mean that's what's annoying obviously you know is that we don't know where you know we don't know what the status of that relationship is and it's a it is kind of yeah it's irritating because you know there was so much time and effort was put into that and i really hope that pays off that we kind of see some more of that going forwards um and you know i thought what was really interesting and i can't wait to see how it all plays out is that kind of the start of, you know, when we see the preview for the next episode is that Arvi's been quite vocal about the fact that he feels betrayed. And to mm-hmm. me, that's kind of like the first time we've really seen Arvi get pissed off about something to other people. And so yeah. it's going to be interesting to see what effect that has on people. If they suddenly go, oh my God, you know, like I thought I thought I was friendly with Arvi and, and, you know, I've got to try and get him back on my good side. Or if they just go, oh, well, fuck him, I don't care. And mm. it could go either way. And so that's going to be quite interesting. And, it, you know, it'd be funny to me because I think Arvi's probably built up quite a bit of kind of you know, social capital with these guys. And yeah. I think if he comes back and does the, you know, I'm, you know, I'm not upset, I'm just disappointed, um, mm-hmm. I think that could actually work on these guys really well. I think it could possibly work with Nate and maybe, maybe with Barb, but I think Jack would be how you said, well, fuck it, whatever, I don't care. Yeah. Yeah. But I think uh, Shannon and Tom could be uh, question marks as to how they'd react to that. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. No, so I think it's I think it's really it sets us up for you know what's what's going to come next, which is really interesting. I think we can probably kind of skip ahead and, and talk about what there was to see at Tribal Council, and um, obviously the first thing we need to talk about is that that uh, killer porno moustache that Lee's got going on as he comes in. Shave it off, Lee. Shave it off. <laughs> it's like a survivor tradition, though. Eh? Like if you're on the jury and you're a bloke and you're not used to having facial hair, you kind of have to at least keep keep it for the first Tribal Council you go to, right? 
No, you're on national television. People overseas <laughs> are watching that. You can shave it while you're standing in front of the mirror in the bathroom. But don't come out of the bathroom with that ugly thing on your face. And especially Lee with your like model, male model lock of hair, like flowing and all, you know, fabulous looking. Coming out with that shit on your face, what were you thinking? He it was. Thinking. I didn't know you felt quite so strongly about this. Um... Oh, it annoys me every single time they do it. It's like, what are you doing, you dick? As if you could do that in your regular life. Now that you're in front of a television audience, try harder. It was um, a real Uncle <laughs> Bully moment, though, wasn't it? It's he did he did look so much like Uncle Bully. Yes, you look a little bit rapey, Lee. <laughs> Yeah, I think one of the things as well while we're talking about Lee is obviously, you know, good players now start, once the jury turns up, as they start watching what the jury is, is reacting to while they're not being questioned. And yep. I'm not sure that we saw a lot of that from these guys at this point. Um, and, you know, I'm trying to think of who's a good example of somebody that was doing a lot of that. Um, maybe Adam was maybe a good example of that, um, that, you know, spends a lot of time watching the jury. Um, and... You know, like if you're watching Lee, then you know every time Shannon spoke, he's kind of rolling his eyes. Um, he's not yeah. impressed. And you know, if I'm if I'm one of these players, I'm thinking, how do I get to the end of Shannon? Because um, Lee doesn't like her. I know Mike doesn't like her. You know, that's two votes in the can for me if I get to the end with her. Mm-hmm. And I guess probably one of the other things we actually haven't talked about is that it's pretty much confirmed that it's a final three, right? Yeah. Yeah, which, 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 is, which is obviously, you know, that that's obviously going to play into what these guys are thinking about going forwards. Um, you know, you need to make sure that you don't let anybody get into a powerful three, um, and that might play up next week. Really, you know, when you know it could be a last chance to get somebody before they can really lock in a final three. Yeah. So well, I think I, I think there is still plenty of um, wiggle room for different variations of a final three. I don't think we've got a lock solid final three that we could call yet. Yeah, totally. I, you know, and I can kind of see, like, if we kind of go through each of them, we could even say, you know, like, oh, well, I think, you know, in a final three, I think Arvi would be portrayed this way, or I could, Nate would be portrayed this way, or yeah. you know, Shay would be portrayed, and we can kind of see the story for all of them. Um, now, quite often when you get to this point, you've got that person, like the Ranger Rick guy, who's kind of like, you know, you know that that guy's going to be not going to make the finals, because there's not going to be any interesting story there if they make the finals. So you can totally mm-hmm. see they're going to be gone in fifth place. Like, you just know it before it even starts. Yeah. Um, um, and I, I don't think we've got anybody like that yet. I can see all of these guys having a story when they get to the end. Uh, definitely. It might be a losing story, but I can see all of them having something that would would make them, you know, something to be talked about. Yeah, there, there's definitely reasons to vote for everybody. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, all these reasons to vote against everybody, which is quite often, you know, like you don't yeah. want you don't want somebody getting to the end with absolutely no story. You know, you don't want a Becky Lee. You know, you want somebody that's actually got a bit of a story going forward. So, Definitely. yeah, I think that that's uh, that's something to keep in mind. But uh, yeah, I mean, obviously we get to this vote and it's uh, the old classic four three one. I mean, we don't see them too often, I guess, in Survivor. But um, yeah, they they do happen from time to time. Yeah. Um, I and... liked the Tribal Council Matt's little. Um, it was a little Jeff-ish, wannabe-ish-ness, was when he said to Jack, does this affect you? And Jack's like, nah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Just completely shot down his like uh, emotional sort of fishing he was trying to do. I like that. It was good. Yeah, yeah, no, I, I, he's definitely improved as the season's gone on. Um, you know, like he does start to kind of get things out. And one of the things I really like about... Um, 
met is when he's, you know, because we've got these lengthways votes, he kind of draws them out like a knife and kind of like presents them. It's kind of quite funny how he does it. Like he's got this kind of flourish with the votes and that's definitely, that's a Matt thing because of the way the votes are set up. A um, Mattism. It matches his a, snuffing technique. Yes, it does. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, you know, one of the things that still annoys me about the show is that when they go up and vote is that when they hold their vote up, it's kind of like obscured a little bit by the voting noon. Like just the way things are set up is kind of annoying. Yeah, that voting room needs to be moved a little bit to the left, to the left, as Beyonce would say. It's just really surprising that, that, that you know, nothing's kind of uh, been done about that as it's gone forwards. It's such a big urn, eh? Like, it's a massive bloody urn. It must be, um, like, a, I don't know, some film school, um, like, secondment thing, as yeah. far as props and camera go. Not quite that polished, guys. Come on, come on. Which is a shame because, as I keep saying, I think the set is amazing. Like, I think they've done an awesome job with the Tribal Council set. You know, it's got this real kind of Amazon slash Borneo feel to it. You know, it just looks really good. It's really well lit for the most part. But uh, if I'm now going to get into, um, you know, the other point in this episode where it just felt a little, little bit cheap was, uh, you know, at the moment where Sally gets voted out and it cuts between two cameras and, mm-hmm. um, and one of the cameras is like, looks like a survivor shot, looks perfect. And the other one looks like, this kind of high frame rate days of our lives type camera it's like it's kind of weird to explain but it just doesn't look right um Mm -hmm. and it was just really really noticeable i don't know i haven't really seen that camera angle anywhere else so it's interesting that i just noticed it out of nowhere Um, i'm not sure if anybody else kind of picked up on that but uh, yeah I, i it was just quite weird I didn't notice that, but I did notice that when it cut back to the group of them all sitting there on their little stools, like, quite a few of their faces were, like, obscured by the vines hanging in front of them. Oh, okay. was a little bit, you know... Oh, no, I didn't notice that. What are you doing? Clear that. Clear that. But that's just me nitpicking. Yeah. I have to say, the way they read the votes here is quite cool, too. Like, I think American survivors got into a bad habit of... They kind of like the way they order the votes is that it's always the person who's not going home, bang, 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 bang. Then the yeah. person that is going home, bang, 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 bang. And yeah. New, and New Zealand Survivor hasn't done that. They've kind of mixed them up a little bit, and to the point where I was like, oh, is it is it Jack or is it Sal? Like it might actually be Jack. And you know, I yeah. actually really enjoyed that. I thought they did a good job of that. Um, the only problem was is that I don't know if you realised, but the last vote they showed was also Barb's vote, which they showed in the voting. Conf- so you know, like it was the one, and it had yeah. like a big love heart on it. So yeah. it was it was kind of obvious which which sucked um yeah so it's uh it's a, a bit of a bummer that they did that but uh yeah i mean overall i think um a, a lot of fun to be had here um i think probably one of the other things to note is kind of like the reactions um as people you know because this is really the first big blind side of the season that we've had and, yeah. uh, and you know like kind of watching people's reactions is really interesting and obviously shay and, and rv are just like distraught and um you know barb's got this this yeah. uh this kind of big smirk on her face and um you know we don't see the reactions of tom or or jack or, or nate which i think is really quite telling mm-hmm. um that we kind of don't see those reactions which i think is really interesting um yeah so i mean i i i think this this episode kind of leaves you where you want it to leave you which is you know you want to see what happens next that's obviously the, the next big thing so can't Definitely. wait for that really. yeah 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 um so i mean We've probably got a few things to wrap up as we finish, but let's let's rate the episode. Um, so I'll let you go first. Is it a, a buy, a rent, or a bin? This would be my first buy. I liked this episode solely for the Tribal Council, and it was great. I liked seeing the holier-than-thou 
uh, honor, integrity, bullshit. I love seeing that just snuffed. Brilliant. Yep. Brilliant. No, no, I'll definitely follow you there. It's definitely going to be a, uh, a buy for me. Um, you know, like, uh, you know, really enjoyed what I got here. And I think, you know, probably you and I are a big kind of strategy head. So it's no big surprise that uh, the two of us are going to like the one that focuses on the big strategy and, and, you know, the twists and turns in terms of what people are thinking about. Um, so, yeah, I mean, there's no surprise here for the two of us. I don't think that it's a buy. Um, and uh, yeah, like I've said two or three times now, like it, it leaves you wanting more and a good Survivor episode should do that. So I can't wait to get back to this next week and, and see where we head next because yeah, it's, it's a, been a hell of a lot of fun. So no, I really, really enjoyed this episode and both these episodes actually, it was uh, I think pretty well well paced out. Um, yeah, so it, it's a totally good place to be. I think it's, it's hitting its stride at the right time. Do you think, since we're on the topic of strategy, if you were playing Survivor and you had pulled off that move, you wanted Sulla out and he was out, would you have uh, a reaction like Shay had it? Would you fake a reaction so that you were reacting the same way Shay did? Or do you think you would be reacting like Barb did, you know, just sitting there smirking like, congratulations myself, you did so well. Or, do you think you would pull out, I think I personally would be Michaela voting out JT in Game Changers. I think that would be my reaction every single time I pulled off a vote. I'd be like, <laughs> bye. What would you do? Which I think would be a problem if I was playing Smarver. I think that'd be something I'd have to be very aware of. What would you do? Well, I, w I think I would try and be a bit like, um, this is a bit of a, a deep cut reference, but a J from um, um, Millennials versus Gen X, where I think I would just try and own the move straight away, but I don't think I would rub it in. You know, like, I think you would, you would really want to make sure that, um, you know, because I think you want people to know it was you. I think you don't want to, to leave. And, I, I you know, that whole thing of pretending that you were surprised by it, I, I just don't think that works. I think you've got to own it. But I think you've got to, you've got to be careful not to rub it on people's faces because I think that's when it goes wrong. Um, people start to hate you. I think you've got, to, you've got to own the move, explain why you did it, and then move on. And, um, you know, I think people generally, at the end of the day, respect you more if you do that. That seems to be the way things have gone. And, you know, like I would like to think that if I was on Survivor that I would keep my, you know, I won out in your face type of stuff for basically you know for the confessionals but you mm -hmm. know, just you just never know do you i i, I just i i know that there would be a, a really smart thing to do would be to like keep the satisfaction hidden but i i just think that would be like the thing i would struggle with the most on survivor i don't think it would be the food or the lack of sleep i think it would be yeah concealing the satisfaction of watching a plan come to fruition <laughs> oh yeah and totally i think that you know and i yeah how many survivor fans have gotten stuck unstuck over the years because they just can't control their excitement for playing the game and, and doing those things i mean it happens all the time and i yeah. think probably that's one thing we've missed a little bit on the show by having the likes of d go out early and you know supposedly shannon's a really big fan of the show and you know i'm not saying she's not she she totally is a big fan of the show but i'm, I'm not sure she's probably the person you expect and they're probably not going to go to her for the i'm a big super fan because you know she's like the good looking girl on the show so that's not really the angle they're going for with her so yeah. we're, we're probably not seeing that from this group of players yeah, I'd say that'd be right. Yeah. Yeah. So I mean, yeah, totally looking forward to next week. Uh, I think probably uh, we need to do a quick uh, check in with uh, our our best friend Alice Bryan. Uh, 
Um, oh, she's still alive. She is, and um, I think she's getting very disheartened by um, having to follow the Survivor thing. She's obviously contracted to do it. Um, so there's only a few tweets, but they are good fun, and uh, I always like to get your reaction to her tweets. So um, there's only about four or five, actually, so I'll just read through them. So her first four one is... Five too many. <laughs> <laughs> Her first one is, my desire to watch Survivor New Zealand tonight is on par with my desire to watch Donald Trump do literally anything. Here for the car crash. Try harder, Alice. Next. Okay. Um, I, I assume this... Oh, no, it's not. No, no, no. Uh, that's a rugby-related one. Um, okay, so so this is about the immunity challenge. So, so two people legit just quit mid-challenge because they couldn't be bothered digging in the sand. It was not a hard challenge. I'd like to see her do it next. <laughs> the quality of the show has a real started editing at 3 p.m. and finished at 5 p.m. already two beers in on a Friday vibe. Oh, for fuck's sake. <laughs> next. And I think that might be it. So she's Is definitely... that the best she could do? Has she run out of steam? Yeah, Come I think... on, Alice. Hey, yeah. harder. Yeah, exactly. That's what I'm saying, Alice. If, you, if you're gonna if you're going to hate the show, then you need to commit. Yeah. Yeah, it's disappointing. We, we expect better next week, please. Yeah, yeah try. Def- Ten def- points for effort, Alice. Come on. Yeah, yeah. No, we, we need to see more from you. Um, so, no, I mean, I think that probably uh, closes us out for the week. You know, I've uh, yeah, really, really enjoyed this this couple of weeks and looking forward to the home straight. We know that the finale's on the uh, the 5th of July, so we're, we're kind of closing in on that really, really fast, actually. Do you think we'll hear about uh, potential Season 2 sometime soon? Well, I mean, it's hard to know. I mean, from what I can see is that this thing doesn't seem to have run out of steam. It seems to still be doing pretty well. Um, you know, the marketing still seems to be there. The, you know, you can kind of tell if it's not really catching people's attention if the media starts dropping off. But yeah. I'm still seeing lots of media coverage of this. Um, so, you know, that that's really, really good. Um, so, I mean, it's just hard to tell. I mean, you just never know with New Zealand is that you, we could have season two. Uh, we could never hear about this thing ever again. It's just a bit of a gamble, really. It's not something that they commit to long term. And what will be quite interesting is that, I don't know if you noticed, but um, obviously we started out the season um, with Survivor up against the, the tail end of The Bachelor on, on uh, the rival TV3, um, and Survivor outperformed it. Um, but I, I see that the last couple of weeks of, of Survivor is going to be up against the new season of The Block on TV3, and I don't know what impact that's going to have. Um, you know, a very different audience for The Bachelor and The Block, I imagine. Um, but, the uh, Block's I, quite popular, though, isn't it? Uh, yeah, I've, yeah. I, I've never really understood why. I'm, um, I've seen the the supposed cast that you know that they've got for that show and they're just like tv3 are not good at, at casting people for reality tv they just go with the, the typical kind of kiwi cliches and you know like it's always terrible um whereas i think you know the, the survivor new zealand they did an awesome job of actually casting good survivor contestants not just you know, kiwis basically um so i think they did a really really good job so i i'm hoping that people will stay with it see it out to the end and uh, we might get a season two who knows well, I would think there would be a season two if we've had, aren't we up to like the third season of The Bachelor? We had three, uh, oh, in its defence though, we did have three New Zealand Next Top Models, and that first New Zealand's Next Top Model was solid gold, brilliance for trashy television, and so is the second season. Well, I just think it's all about probably production costs. And I think, you know, like I know Alice Bryan and, and uh, her many, many uh, contemporaries, uh, uh, you know, are really into trashing the show. But uh, 
I think they've done really well for the budget they've got. I mean, definitely, as we've talked about, there's some things you see and you think, oh, you know, that just doesn't quite look all that good or, you know, you can see where there's not a lot of money here. But, mm-hmm. you know, I think generally speaking for the size of the production compared to what you get in America, I think they've done a really good job. Like, it just look. I think they've put the money in the right place, if that's the, the best way of putting it, really. Um, well, it doesn't look anywhere near as shitty as I was expecting yeah totally um, better than what i thought it would yeah yeah so you know i, I think if if um the money's there to do it and you know I, I think there's definitely a market for it seems to be a market for it so and, and i think probably that the production guys are, are quite surprised at the the international attention that it's got you know that there's i don't think they realize there's such a big international fan base um who's really interested in this you know there's people in australia and um the states and you know the uk who are watching this and you know following what's going on and i don't think they ever expected that so i think even from that perspective they can probably see some opportunities to maybe you know get it out to the rest of the world for the next season and things like that as well so i definitely wouldn't put it past it um you know i i yeah i'm i'm hopeful Good. So am I. I hope there's another season. <laughs> oh, well, we're in agreement there. It can't have been, been that bad so far if we want to see a second season, so that's really good. Yeah. I think I think New Zealand Survivor's actually done... You know, look, I haven't been a big fan of the Redemption Island thing. I think it's kind of worked, um, mm-hmm. even though I, I'm not a huge fan of it, I think it has worked quite well. Um, but um, I, I would say that I think that the New Zealand version has has generally stuck to the basics a lot better than the Australian version perhaps did. Um, you know, I wasn't a big fan of the, like, 55 days and 24 cast members. I thought it was just a bit too much. Um, We're doing that again as well. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, and, you know, even, like, the three times a week was just a bit too much. And, you know, I think that the New Zealand one has more or less stuck to the basics a lot better, and I think that that's made it work. I think the fact that it's going to be over and done with within two months on TV is, is really good. Um, yeah. You know, I think that they've done a lot of things that make it work really well. And, you know, I look forward to talking about, you know, the, the hits and misses when we get to the end of this thing. But, uh, yeah, I, I definitely think we're, we're more positive than negative, that's for sure. Yeah, well, I'd definitely like to see a season two, at least a season without Redemption Island and with the community of yeah. New Zealanders. I think there would be cool to see. Yeah, so yeah, totally. I, I'd be a bit bummed if there isn't a second season. Yeah, yeah. Oh well, we shall uh, we shall see what happens, and uh, as we hear more developments, we'll let you know. But if it's anything like the first season, it will come out of the blue. Nobody was expecting it. Um, you know, it's just, yeah, it will just completely floor all of us. So yeah, just be prepared to not hear anything until it's actually on TV, which is pretty much how it goes. Um, so no, it's, it's been great. I look forward to uh, to coming back next week and and seeing what happens then. Next week prediction: Who do you think is going to get? Ooh. Ooh. It's it's a tough one. I actually think it might be one of those situations where you know the big players start going after each other and they kind of go one after the other. So like I'm actually gonna I'm gonna pick Barb's gonna go next week. I think Barb's gonna go next week. I'm gonna say Jack. Okay, that's probably okay. A, that's probably a safer option. Oh, definitely safe. Yeah, yeah. Oh no, that's cool. Well, we look for. Oh, and probably the other thing is uh, we both locked in that Mike's probably gonna win that Redemption Island jewel. Definitely. Okay, so there's yep. uh, there's uh, nobody's putting any money on on uh, Sala to get out of this one alive. But then we were both pretty sure that uh, uh, Tony was gonna send old Izzy home, and that didn't happen. No, and we thought Georgia was gonna beat Shay, and that didn't happen. So maybe there's a bit of a theme here. So there you go, Sala. You should be good. Yeah, yeah, you've got, <laughs> yeah. Uh, Mike's got the curse of uh, the the Oz Network on his side, so yeah, he's got no chance. Well, Mike doesn't need to be on Redemption Island anyway. He needs to be at 
Survivor Nicaragua, or however they say it, Ponderosa, hitting up that Nicaraguan Twitter and getting his pound game on. Yeah, and yeah. What, him and Lee? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Take that moustache out on the town and see how well we Oh, that's all good. Uh, thank you very much, Prez, and I look forward to coming back and talking some more rubbish with you next week. Cheers, cheers, cheers. Thank you for listening to the Oz Network. Don't forget to subscribe to get new episodes delivered to your speakers every week. For more information, hit us up at theoznetwork.net.